It's three months past the vernal equinox. I'm Marsha Jeffries with the top movie headlines. Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin are teaming up for a sequel to their 1997 thriller, The Edge. In the original film, the pair played men who were stranded in the snowy wilderness following a plane crash and find themselves stalked by a massive Kodiak bear. The sequel, titled The Bear, turns the concept entirely on its head, featuring the duo now lost in the desert after their boat capsizes shortly before being hunted by a gigantic Irish guitarist. Well, look out, Ants versus A Bug's Life, Deep Impact versus Armageddon, and Without Limits versus Prefontaine, there's a new battle royale on the horizon. Sony Pictures and DreamWorks are both racing to get their respective biopics of Lucas Goodmanson in front of cameras. Goodmanson is considered by historians to be the most boring man to have ever lived, a goat herder in 15th century Iceland who achieved nothing of note before eventually dying of malaise. Sony is hoping their film starring Toby Jones will make it to cinemas before the $150 million DreamWorks project starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And finally, January Jones has received the dubious honour of being proclaimed entertainment's least kosher actress. After starring with John Hamm in Mad Men and Kevin Bacon in X-Men, Jones was awarded Israel's lowest commendation, the bronze frozen bagel. Jones travelled to Tel Aviv for the ceremonial dinner and was heard interrupting the opening speech to ask for some cocktail shrimp. She will next be seen in the reboot of Porky's. And today's show is brought to you by Structuralist Film Theory. This weekend, our listeners receive a unique meaning conveyed via a shrewd juxtaposition of distinct images. Just use the code off a cooler shove at checkout. Now let's check in with Werner Herzog in The Chopper. They came to the sky to escape the corruption of the earth. To be in a place that is pure. But here in the heavens, I see the sky is not clean. One day... Is empty of humans. It will be so again. Thanks, Verna. Today's weather is entirely dependent on the time and location you are in when you listen to this. Now it's Bazura time. Hello and welcome to the Bazura Project's Radio Free Cinema, the official movie-related radio program of the 1964 Innsbruck Winter Olympics. Shannon Marinko and Lee Zachariah helping you with a commute home this Saturday morning. Lee, how are we? Yes, Huawei is our new sponsor. And I have to say, I am in love with their line of premium electronics, particularly this brand new phone they were kind enough to give me. The pornography you watch is counter-revolutionary. <laughs> I love these crazy ringtones. So what do we have coming up on the show today? Well, we have a great show in store for you. We're going to be looking at the use of mise-en-scene in Netflix menus. We'll be speaking to physicist Brian Cox about the films of actor Brian Cox. And we'll be looking at the Bollywood of North America, located on the West Coast near LA. Then we have all of our usual segments, Cassette Blanca, Some Like It Not, The Empire Strikes Black, Woke in Fright. Just a really packed show. So hopefully you'll all get stuck in some really debilitating traffic. Oh, that all sounds awesome. So what's news? What have you been doing? Well, I have been pondering a conundrum, a very fun conundrum, you know, like a like a party game that I would like to put to you. Okay. What are the three films you'd take with you on a desert island? Oh, great question. I love these. 
Okay, well, I would definitely take my favourite film of all time, Shawshank Redemption. I get so much out no, of no, that no, film no, every no, time. No, that's no good. You know, it's, it's a desert island. You know, there's no TV. There's no electricity, no house or anything. You know, it's a desert island. You've got nothing. Nothing's there. I thought the point was that it's like, what other three films you could watch over and over again forever, essentially? No, it's, it's about being on a desert island. You know, that's the game. I don't really understand the game. No, it, which three films would you take with you on a desert island? You know, it's just, just three films. Blue Velvet? There's no electricity. Why would you take that? I don't get the game. Just pick three films. I did, I tried. Far out. How do you get wrong answers in a game like this? Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Good, yeah. Uh, uh, American Pie? Yes, yes, I could see that. And layer cake? Oh, yes, great choice. See, it's actually really difficult when you think about it. I still don't think I get it. Yeah, I'm not sure I do either. I think I read it wrong. Maybe it's supposed to be Dessert Island. Yeah, that makes more sense. Anyway, what about you? Uh, Have you been up to anything fun lately? Well, as you know, my mate Mazza is getting married, so last night was his bucks party. Oh, oh no! (laughs) That's right. Big Kev was sorting it, and i got to say, he really stepped up. The organisation was incredible. The bus was scheduled to pick us up at 1,800 hours, take us to a nearby airfield, where a private plane was chartered to take us to the Goldie for a weekend of debauchery, depravity and degeneracy, where, according to Big Kev, every pleasure of the flesh would be catered for. Oh, that sounds wild! What happened? Well, I misread 1,800 as 8 o'clock missed the bus and went off to see a movie. Oh. What'd you see? I caught a special 35mm retrospective screening of Taxi Driver on the big screen. Now that is a classic. It is, isn't it? A total classic. One of the biggest classics. Any list of classics has to include it. Well, it was my first time seeing it on the big screen and I realised something huge. I don't know if anyone has said this before, but watching it up there on the big screen, I thought... You know, what the thing about this film is, get this, New York really is a character. No. No, you mean it's a city. Actually, no. I mean, yeah, it is a city. But it's not just a city. It's a character. The city is a character? Yep. Whoa. that's, That's blowing my mind. Right? And also, I feel like Robert De Niro is a location. Wow. Just... (laughs) Wow. And many of the props were actually the musical score. Oh, that. That is really profound. Yeah, it's really changed the way I look at the film, which I now believe is some kind of refrigerator. You're listening to the Bazira Project's Radio Free Cinema. We're out on the street asking you the big movie questions. Big news in Hollywood overnight as the Oscar nominations were announced. Do you agree with all the nominees? There's there's so many options to choose from. Uh, I prefer the original. I've always liked Greg Kinnear. Just so long as there's plenty of full frontal nudity. I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Radio Free Cinema. Well, we have a special guest in the studio with us today. That's right. 
Stephanie Fleur Flank will be a name familiar to anyone who's ever found themselves in the northwest Macedonian town of Grishelik, wandered into the second largest independent cinema between November 5 and 12, and carefully studied the programming team names on page 26 of the Grishelik Film Festival Guide, available by request at the Colvis stand. As programming curator, Steph helped guide the festival's focus away from 8mm snuff films, brought female participation up to 50% from its previous minus 12, and programmed an Agnes Varda retrospective, a Kenji Mizuguchi retrospective, and a Ridley Scott retroactive. What was the retroactive? That was just a special room in the back of the office where Ridley could re-edit all his old films. And they screened at the festival? No, but he seemed happy. Now Steph is back in her native Australia as festival director of the inaugural South Tamworth International Film Festival. Steph, welcome to the Bazura Project, apostrophe S Radio Free Cinema. Thanks for having me. So, Steph, the first thing I have to ask you is, how could you leave a place as vibrant and interesting as Grishelik? I left in a cab. Variety said you left in disgrace. Yeah, that's the name of Macedonia's cab company. Look, the European film festival scene is dead. It's passé. It passéed away. I had to move on. The new frontier for the moving image is rural cinema, remote communities where the shared experience of the moving image is valued in a way that those who live in urban hubs with their netted flixes and used tubes can never understand. A festival like this will thrive in South Tamworth. South Tamworth sounds quite prescriptive, not North Tamworth? No, we had some unpleasantness with the committee behind the North Tamworth Film Festival. I'm not legally permitted to talk about it, and frankly, they can keep their Golden Globe nomination-heavy Jonathan Franzen adaptation-filled mid-brow program. I mean, no one above Kent Street would understand what we're trying to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kent Street sucks. And just to be clear, is the South Tamworth International Film Festival affiliated with the South Tamworth Underground Film Festival? No. Stiff has nothing to do with stuff. We have better staff. Sorry, Steph. Tell us a bit about what's in the program. Well, we've got a great film out of Slovakia called Ghost of a Pig. This remarkable work follows a slaughtered pig stuck between our world and the afterlife, forced to watch himself be slowly consumed over the course of a week by a sad, dysfunctional family. Yet somehow the presence of the pig's spirit reveals hidden truths that make everyone in the family exponentially sadder. Mm, can't miss that one. Yes, and just a warning, this film does contain graphic abattoir images. I see the program has a strong showing by the French. Yeah, I'm very excited by the acquisition of a title right out of the Cannes Film Festival. La Petite Jean is one of the absolute must-sees of our fest. It's about a poor asbestos picker who discovers everyone who ever cared about him or might ever possibly care about him all died in the same train explosion. And he must deal with his grief even as he's falsely accused of molesting a Scotsman. Mm, I heard a lot of buzz around this one during Khan. I believe it won Uncertain Regard. Uh, it's Uncertain Regard. No, he's right. Uncertain Regard. The jury couldn't figure out if they liked it or not. Oh. But it's a wonderful film, although I should warn listeners that the film does contain graphic abattoir images. And for something a bit different, you have a comedy in there. What can you tell us about that? Well, as everybody knows, the Baltic states are known for their cinema du comique. Oh, way funnier than the Slavic states. They can go to hell. Well, festival favourite Matisse Gisaitis is back with Why Am I Cursed to Feel Pain, which is actually a sequel to his 1993 comedy Life is Unbearably Awful. Everybody's favourite Lithuanian civil servant, Davidas, is back, and yes, his wife is still dead. 
This time around, Davidis is trying to save enough money to buy his own stolen bicycle tyre back from a gang of violent eight-year-olds. Oh, it's great you have some light affair in there. Yeah, it is the most fun three and three-quarter hours you'll have in a cinema this month. Honestly, it took me days to unpurse my lips. I was smoking so much. Great. Say, I don't suppose this film has... Graphic abattoir images, yes. Okay. Uh, Anything for the kids? Absolutely. You cannot start cinephiles at too young an age, which is why we have our special Kids Strand featuring the 1988 film Glock Glock. It's a beautiful animated work from Japan about a little girl who uses her dancing skills to save her family's toilet unclogging business. It's really sweet with those classic simple lines and bright colours and a gentle soundtrack by the uh, legendary Hiroto Sato. His music really brings out the graphic abattoir images. Well, that all sounds great. What a great program, Steph. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie Fleurflank. Uh, Stiff will be up and pumping from the 15th to the 19th. If anyone in South Tamworth wants to grab a Stiff guide, where should they go? All the venue information and programming details can be found on our website. But just a warning, our info page does contain graphic abattoir images. Hi, this is Oren Ambergris, irresponsible billionaire and CEO of the world's hottest new marketing agency, Digital Penetration Solutions. You may have heard about the new tech that allows modern commercial logos to be CGI'd into classic films. Well, I'm here to say, forget about all that. Visual product placement is yesterday's news. Tomorrow is all about audio embedded synergy. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful... End of financial year sale at Crazy Christine's second-hand car dealership. Why hide your valuable corporate trademark in the distant background of some shot when a seamless adjustment to the dialogue ensures audiences really hear the message you're selling? You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been... Wearing the latest spring fashions from Leonardo Nucci. Do you remember Braveheart's favourite breakfast cereal? Well, consumers in your regional market soon will. That they may take our lives, but they'll never take... Dunderson's Chocolate Frosted Bran Cakes. And pretty soon, every family will want to go check out Dorothy's favourite holiday destination. There's no place like... The South Tamworth Water Park, where children are half price the first Tuesday of every month. Thanks to the latest in deepfake technology, there is no barrier, practical or ethical, to cinema's most revered characters pimping your product. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel like... like buying high-def Hirosaki brand TVs at low, low prices? I drink your milkshake. The New York Times calls us the last nail in cinema's coffin. And Forbes says, why would anyone do this? So why not find out for yourself? Shops at Filthy Joe's Discount Sexporium. Come one, come all to Filthy Joe's. Let my team turn your product into art. The only way we know how. By ruining someone else's. Digital penetration solutions. We can do it. So we will. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my... Prescription strength constipation suppositories. (laughs) The Bazura Project's Radio Free Cinema. 
Well, awards fans will know that last weekend was the Morties, the annual ceremony celebrating all of the people in the film industry who have shuffled off this mortal coil. I can't believe it's come around again. It feels like barely a month ago that we were talking about all the cast celebs and snuffed A-listers. It's definitely one of the top ceremonies of the awards season. It's the one you really look forward to. And I think most people are with us on this one. When when we watch the in-memoriam part of the Oscars and go, whoa, slow down, why are you rushing through this slideshow? I know, right? You see, all these amazing people, these titans of industry, and the Academy's just cramming them all into a single Sarah McLaughlin performance. Not to mention the fact that they're always leaving people out. I mean, James Woods has been absent from that roll call for five years in a row. That's just unforgivable. And not to get too horn-tooty, but I guess your favourite radio presenters have finally hit the big time because we were invited to present one of the categories. Yes, and they don't just invite anyone. It was us, Kevin Federline, Tori Spelling, Zeppo Kardashian, and former vice presidential candidate John Edwards. Oh, it was great to see Chris Klein up on stage. Yes, he did a fantastic job presenting the package where they sort of pre-eulogise all the celebs we expect to die in the following year couple of bold suggestions in there. I didn't quite know why they included Tyson Portendorf, given he's still in his 40s. Well, he has that drug problem. Oh, yeah. Though I couldn't actually hear the rest of the presentation of the sound of his crying widow. Wife. Future widow. Sure. But overall, it was a great evening. We flew out to the City of Angles. Yes, glamorous Fairbanks, Alaska, where dreams really do come. We got to walk the famous dirt carpet. There was the classic open formaldehyde bar. We even had a sighting of Rupert Murdoch. Always the bridesmaid. Yeah, it was a killer night. And the best part is that the group behind the ceremony has granted permission for us to share the audio of our segment with you. And here it is. Please welcome our next presenters, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, Sharnan Marnko and Les Zakarawiwawia. Thank you. It's really great to be here, amongst the living. We're here to present this year's In Forgetium, the tribute to all the people who died and were immediately disappeared from our collective memories, and in most cases, rightly so. These are the people who left no significant impact. Maybe they're missed by their families. Maybe they have some friends who will note their absence. But none of those people are here tonight. So please, remain seated and put your hands together, clasped in the non-clapping position, as we run through the deservedly forgotten. Graham P. Blorgensen, screenwriter who came up with that thing where someone falls over and then yells, I'm okay. Jennifer Palladium, phrenologist to the stars. Mariana Trenchard-Jones, Scientology skeptic. Herman Thoreau, marketing expert who first decided there should be a five-second trailer for the trailer immediately before the trailer. Dave Smith, the extra who yelled out, you suck, in every rom-com crowd scene. Tracy Paper. Studio executive who first came up with the idea of splitting the last book into two films. Andrew Hardiman Fronson, James Cameron enabler. Wilfred P. Conroy, the first newspaper editor to put box office reports in the arts section. Zoe Eliza Thurman, Australian video store owner who pioneered placing Australian movies in the foreign film section. Alison Antonioni, Graphic designer who invented the movie poster where the hero is standing with their back to the camera. Alan Chuzzlewit, the first person to use art house as a genre. Raymond Love, 
inventor of the sad piano cover of a pop song. Jonathan W. Beckworth, studio executive credited with coining the term Reboot Cool. Danny Woodford, the assistant who actually coined the term Reboot Cool. They were in the same Lexus. Chrissy Benton Kaziz, who invented the thing where a sleeping man thinks he's being kissed by a beautiful woman, but then wakes up and realises it's actually an animal. Nathan Justin Michaels, the first person to adopt Die Hard as a Christmas movie as the foundation of their personality. Adolphus Finger, who launched the trend of applying the Too Fast, Too Furious naming structure to every sequel. Kevin Spacey. Thank you to the Institute of Cremators, Undertakers, Morticians for this depressing honour. After the break, Stephen Baldwin and Scott Bayo fire crossbow bolts into the crowd. Coming up on the show, Red Dog director Kriv Stenders talks about why he encouraged his brother E to move to England and become a soap opera. Is your bay always hogging the doona? We confront South Korean actor Doona Bay. And we chat to Al Pacino about his favourite science fiction film of all time. Get a car! Get a car! Get a car! Get a car! You're listening to Radio Free Cinema. Now, Lee, I know for a fact, a fact, you're a big fan of romantic comedy. <laughs> Look, guilty as charged. I just find them so heartwarming, hilarious, and above all, honest about how complex romantic relationships actually work. Then you are definitely the target audience for the trailer we're about to play, which looks like it could be the most romantic and, dare I say, funniest film coming out this International Holocaust Remembrance Day. I need to see a final draft for my desk by yesterday. Move my 6pm to 3am. Tell legal to hurry up with those graphics. You there, take this piece of paper. Whoa! And if someone could invent a high heel shoe with a bit more grip, that'd be great. Jill, I know you're a hot, high-powered businesswoman who owns this town, but you keep falling over. As your overweight best friend, I find that very endearing. Thanks, Big Betty. I'm so happy you're going to be my bridesmaid at my wedding to Brad, the love of my life. I just hope it's not weird being back in a church after all these years, given I'm more used to power lunches than the power of prayer. And so, on this holy day, let us remember the wise words of God. Let's get some pizza! Oh, Adam, you're such a cool priest. Not like all the other boring priests. I wish I could set you up with my granddaughter. Thanks, Mrs Davenport, but the only granddaughter I'm interested in being set up with is God. Whoa! So, you must be the couple I'm marrying. To each other. Just a second, Father. I'm busy talking on my Bluetooth. Buy, sell, fire those people, and move that company to Mexico. I'm sorry about my fiancé, Father. Business deals are very important to him. My name is Jill. I'm Adam. You must be beautiful. I I mean, you must be hot. Hot for marriage. Not hot for me. Not that I've fallen instantly in love with you. I mean... Excuse me. What a strange priest. Everything's ready, darling. Our wedding is going to be perfect. You look hot. I'm so glad I'm getting shackled to you. By the way, is it okay if my sexy young assistant joins us on our honeymoon? She's been feeling down since her gymnastics team kicked her out for being an uncontrollable nymphomaniac. Uh, sure, honey. I guess that's fine. Dearly beloved, do you, Jill, promise to marry this man? I do. And do you, Adam, promise to marry this woman? I do. I now pronounce us husband and wife. 
What? Why is everyone looking at me like that? Wait, are you telling me that you were supposed to marry this girl to this guy, but instead you married her to yourself? I, I got confused. No, no, that's not confusion, buddy. That's love. So what do I do? As your best friend and also a priest, I say that if you really love this woman, you'll trick her into staying with you. Brad, please don't be mad. I thought I was agreeing to marry you. I think it's best if we spend some time apart until this is sorted out. I'll be staying with my assistant and her somehow hotter twin sister. I'm sorry. Don't give me that. Just undo it. Here's the thing. According to church law, the only way to undo it is to get an annulment from the Pope. In Rome. Italy. Fine. Let's go. But I'm going to be mad at you the whole time. I hate flying. The food is well below the standard I'm used to. Really? I hardly ever fly, so even the most mundane experiences are exciting to me. <laughs> Look, a hot towel! You know, there's something endearing about your simplicity. Here we are in Italy. Brad's taking me here for our honeymoon. He's booked in all the best hotels and five-star restaurants. That's not the authentic Italian experience. Come on, let's go to a family-owned restaurant. Fine, but only because you're on a priest's salary. This food is amazing. It tastes so authentic. And the family has adopted me as one of their own. Ah, si, si. Principessa, bellissimo. <laughs> the Italian mama who keeps trying to fatten you up and is always pinching my cheeks thinks we're a couple. Uh, no amore. No amore. Si, amore, si. Matrimonio, bambina. What's she saying? Uh... She says she hopes you like the spaghetti. It's very good. Matrimonial. See, si, lovely. Well, here we are at the Vatican. You wait here in this cathedral and gain a profound new appreciation for my religion while I go speak to the Pope. Ah, Adam, my old student. Oh, Pope, I'm in so much trouble. I don't know what to do. In the village I grew up in, there was a girl I loved. I had to choose between marrying her or becoming a Pope. Every day I wish that I had gone after her. Especially since discovering secret Vatican proof that God doesn't really exist. Go to this girl. Thanks, Pope. You didn't get the annulment? It turns out I love you. What? When it's a choice between love and marriage. I need a miracle to stop her getting on that plane. Choose love. Maybe marrying you was the right choice. Told you. The wedding marriage. I don't see how this will work. You're a Roman Catholic and I was raised Irish Catholic. We're just too different. I guess opposites attract. Whoa! Well, that sounds like a good old-fashioned romance. I am looking forward to it. As am I. A few liberties taken with the source material, but, you know, you try adapting the Scarlet Letter for the 21st century. Radio Free Cinema. One thing I always love to read about is movies that were almost made. You know, those falling-at-the-last-hurdle movies. Yeah, mostly (laughs) because it makes me feel a lot better about my own failed life. (laughs) Mm, Of course. No, that was was just a joke, you know, self-deprecating joke. (laughs) Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, you're right. Now, there's a whole bunch of infamous examples of these movies. There's uh, uh, Kubrick's Napoleon, uh, Jodorowsky's Dune... Uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. He made those. He did? Yeah, it's one of the biggest film series of all time. Won 17 Oscars, made $3 billion. Elijah Wood is your brother-in-law. Are you feeling all right? Yeah, it's just just another failure. Anyway, a recent almost movie was going to be Disney's Jack and the Beanstalk. 
you know, based on the beloved fairy tale. Uh, it was supposed to be released in 2020. Designs were done. Script was done. One song was even done. But it was all ditched suddenly, surprisingly, at the very last minute. Hmm, intriguing. Yeah. Now, one of our spies has leaked that song to us. So we're going to have a listen, see if we can figure out why they cancelled it. Magic beads, what a joy they bring. I didn't have a doubt. I thought I did the proper thing. But mother threw them out. But this morning, something's different. Something shot up in the night. It popped up like a canvas tent And gave me such a fright What is this shaft before me That came from such a sprout It grew so fast, what can it be? There's one way to find out I'll make a fist of it I need the satisfaction Hold on tight, it's long and thick I'm gonna get stock action My seed, it got tossed out Now I can't believe my eyes No more fears, let's rub one out We're headed for the skies Up and up And up I go It's stiff and hard and hot I cannot wait for the afterglow Just when I hit the top I'm jerking all along this wood I'm going all the way My arm is sore Feels so good Can't let it slip away I'm working hard I'm pulling fast With such a deep attraction Not sure how long I'm gonna last I've gotta get stock action I'm almost there, I feel the tip I'm on a tear, just let it rip I say a prayer, I get a grip Oh God, I'm dizzy, what a trip This glorious ascent Those beats, what a great Transaction I'm done I'm empty Out I'm spent Now that was good Stock action I took it on I beat it right I got the full extraction I'm sticky, sweaty, what a sight 
now that was good stock action. You're listening to Radio Free Cinema. Okay, very, very excited now. Live in the studio today, we have a very special guest. He's a director, screenwriter, producer, sometime actor, one of Russia's most respected and prolific filmmakers over the past 40-odd years. He's won four Kino Awards, which are like the Russian Oscars, and Annex 7 Zobrazenias, which are kind of like the Ukrainian Golden Globes. He's made tons of films, The Cossack Dream, Fate with Honor, Bloom of War, East Goes the Train. He's in town promoting his latest film, Eagle and Bear, which is part of the Zopolis Film Festival, starting later this week. Welcome to Australia, Andrei Adenov. Welcome. Dobry vecchio. Right. We should point out that Andre doesn't speak any English at all. His interpreter is, I believe, stuck in traffic. So we've just had to begin without him. Live radio, right? Uh, we did consider cancelling it, but we just couldn't bring ourselves to do it. There's no way we could pass up an opportunity to speak to such a giant of not only Soviet cinema, but world cinema. Now... Neither of us speaks Russian, but I've got an app on my phone that translates on the go. It's not an ideal system, but it's better than nothing. And also, I reckon we can probably get the gist of everything anyway, right? Yeah, can't be too hard. Okay, so, Andre, firstly, how are you finding Australia? Okay, what does that mean? Just give it a second. I am enjoy your nationality. I am looking at happy people. There is kindness with group sitting inside the planet of cinemas. <laughs> totally. I feel the same way. Is that thing accurate? Of course. I mean, it's freeware. You have to pay 30 bucks for the super accurate version, but it's still pretty good. Oh, okay. Andre, this is your first time in the country since you came here in 1991 to scout locations for your science fiction epic, The Planet Where No One Could Live. Why didn't you end up filming here? Here we go. Mm. Also the tax breaks, I'd imagine. Hang on. You've got this thing set on poetic allegory. It's appropriate. The man's an artist. It's the motion smoothing of translation apps. Put it back to normal. Fine. Andre, your career has spanned over 40 years. Wait, wait. My battery's gone. Have you got your phone? I dropped it in the toilet, remember? That's the one place I told you not to drop it. No, she'll be right. We'll just wing it. We've watched a lot of Russian movies, right? Right. I'm sure we've picked up enough of the language to get by. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How hard can it be? We probably speak it fluently. Okay, Andre, your career has spanned more than 40 years. You've managed to straddle two worlds. You've made some very popular commercial films, but your more personal work seems... It's much more experimental, avant-garde. Is that where your sensibility lies? Are you more comfortable in the non-narrative world? Right. Um, what do you think? I think he said yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a yes. Yeah, good. Um, uh, which of your films do you think has been most misunderstood by Western audiences? I would argue it's A Stranger at Home. That got absolutely caned when it came out. I think it's brilliant. 
But what do you think? Which film was most misunderstood? Odin Billet Pochalusta. Jana Grovini Porushki. Wait, wait, which one did he say? Maybe Falling Skies? Nah, that film sucked. You can't misunderstand a film if it doesn't make sense. Just move on. Ask something else. He's looking angry. Okay. Your 1958 film, Bloom of War, sort of your most iconic film, uh, released at the same time as Khrushchev became premier of the then Soviet Union, also around the same time as the Space Race and Sputnik. It's a very optimistic film, I think. Was there an optimism in the country at the time, or were you being satirical and nobody got it? No, not sure he answered the question. Really, I think he was talking more about working with actors. He 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 loves actors. The collaboration, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Andre. We don't think you answered the question about Bloom of War. It's an optimistic, positive film made during a very oppressive time. Were you feeling optimistic about the future of your country and your people, despite that, or because of it? Нет, No, he's not answering these at all. He's he's avoiding it. You know, deliberately. Wow, this is, he's being very, very sus. Why wouldn't he want to talk about this? Do you reckon he's secretly pro-Khrushchev? Andre, did you actively support the state-sanctioned genocide as undertaken by Khrushchev in the late 1950s, but possibly as early as the 1930s as well? Yeah, ne ponomayu, ya ne domayu. From 1944 to 46, Khrushchev was directly responsible for the suppression of the Ukrainian Orthodox Autocephalic Church, of which you were a key supporter. That is a complete lie! You weren't even there! What was that? Are you claiming they wanted to be suppressed? Andre, this is incendiary stuff. I don't think you know what you're saying. What did you say about my mother? Oh, my brother. Oh, that's okay. Yes, oh yes, that's exactly right, so true. Oh, you got me, (laughs) you got me good. Well, this has been fascinating. Don't forget the Zopolis Film Festival starting this Friday. Check your local guides. Andre Adenov, thanks very much for speaking with us. Wait, if... He can't speak English. How did he understand our questions? Good point. You're listening to the Bazura Project's Radio Free Cinema. Radio Free Cinema. And that, of course, was the moving score to the fantasy classic... J.K.R. Ralkin's The Secret of the Mountain. Chapter 1. The Magic Cufflinks. A Pip Elfstone Adventure. Part 2. I always get a bit misty-eyed when I hear that. (laughs) Yeah, Skrillex really outdid himself with this one. But now it's time for Movie Mailbag. You're a godsend. Saviour. No, I'm... I'm just... The postman... And that, of course, means it's time to check in with our producer, Faith. Faith, what hath the mailbag brought us today? 
Our letter today is from listener Alfred Kralik, who is keen for a solution to this pressing issue. Which movies would you show to a repressed teenage girl whose telekinetic powers are beginning to show? Interesting question. Uh, we get that one a lot from concerned parents who want to give their supernaturally imbued daughters the best start in their cinematic education. Mm, it's a bit tricky though, isn't it? You know, There are so many factors involved. When did her powers first manifest? How overt have they been up till now? Has she been using them for harmless pranks or to wreak bloody vengeance on those who have wronged her? Is this a family trait? Or was it caused by some external force? Which deity or mythic being is responsible for this surge in powers? And so on. But even without knowing the specifics, we've had enough experience in this area to provide a quick hit list of films you must show your kid before her powers grow so intense that they consume both her and your home entertainment system. So to whittle it down to a top five, we would start her on modern times. There are a lot of great chaplains to choose from, and I'm certainly not trying to wade into the ongoing Chaplin versus Keaton debate, but as a representation of the best that physical comedy has to offer, you can't go past it. After that, throw on Singing in the Rain. Even if she's not used to the whole aesthetic of the Technicolor musical era, this film is definitely funny enough to provide an accessible entry point into this classic movie movement. Then I think a great drama like Casablanca. I call it the Citizen Kane of movies, and I stand by that. If you can find it playing in a cinema, 2001 A Space Odyssey simply has to be next. I would go so far as to say it has very good visuals. Maybe even some of the best. So that's got to be on the list. And then let's say The Godfather. Definitely. So we hope that helps. Happy watching to you and your daughter. You're listening to Radio Free Cinema. Well, that's all the time we have today, but did you guess the obscure movie quote from earlier in the show? Here it is again. (coughs) Don't worry, everyone. It's just a cough. I'm sure I'll be fine. That was, of course, Contagion Kathy from The Plague That Killed Everyone. Congrats to all the cinephiles out there who knew that. Ah, what a beloved character she was. Well, don't forget to join us next time when we examine the seedy underbelly of pirated black market movies. And show how you can get involved. Ooh, looking forward to that one. Until then, please continue all activities relating to the central theme of this show. Later.